It's time to start over with confidence, find your purpose, and impact the world. Welcome to the Inspirational Visions Starting Over podcast with inspiring conversations, incredible journeys, and powerful messages from entrepreneurs, authors, and people who are just making a difference by sharing their courage, purpose, and authenticity. I'm your host, an author, and spiritual life coach, Mary Markham. If you're starting over and struggling with feeling stuck, questioning everything, and or looking to deepen your faith, contact me at mary at maryamarkham.com for support and guidance along your starting over journey. Subscribe today and let's start over impacting the world together one story at a time. Today's episode is brought to you by author and book coach, Brenda E. Cortez. Brenda helps others fulfill their dream of writing and publishing a book. Whether you are looking to write a nonfiction, memoir, or children's book, or you need a co-writer, contact Brenda at brenda at howltheowl.com to make your writing dreams come true. Today's guest is an innovator entrepreneur, and lifelong learner who enjoys finding ways in which we can be our best selves. After many years in the retail industry with multiple Fortune 100 companies, he started Innate Create, a firm that designs and facilitates custom workshops aimed at unearthing the potential of teams and organizations. Listen how Brandon Wettstein can change your world through power of play. Well, awesome. Today's guest, Brandon Wettstein, he has a passion for unlocking the innovation and creative, creative uh, potential in others. I'm sure the audience is just as curious as I am as to your secret behind the how you do this and the why that it's important to you. But however, First, before you dive into that, um, just share a little bit with our audience um, about yourself and something that people may not know about you. Oh, my. Okay. So, A, thank you for having me here. I'm very excited uh, to, to, to be on the show. Um, oh, my. And a little bit about myself. So, I am a uh, insanely curious and positive person. I, I tend to be overly just optimistic all the time. I'm always looking for the silver lining in things. And I've always been amazingly curious. I love learning things. I like trying things. And uh, I think the the older I get, the more I try things I know I'm going to be horrible at just to try, you know, to get into something new. And um, yeah, something a lot of people don't know about me is, um, although I have tried a lot of, a lot of different things, um, I once signed up for a blacksmithing class, which was maybe one of the coolest classes I ever took. And also one of the best lessons I probably ever received in a class because I was, I was the kid in back, I was the kid who just wasn't getting it. And everyone else in the class was doing great. And I was not I was so frustrated about three classes. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And of course, I was comparing my work to other people, and had a moment to, to look back and say, okay, dummy, you paid for this. <laughs> You're doing this optionally. You're not going to be an apprentice blacksmith. And at that point, I was able to go, okay, I'm making very unique pieces of blacksmithing. Um, 
yeah parts and and then it became a lot more fun right and just had had a good time with it that's so, awesome yeah out of all the things in the world what made you pick that blacksmithing you know i think i was reading if i i was reading a book and it was something fictional about you know, a, a lot of the, I, I like to read some science fiction and a lot of these books are set in times before technology. And yeah, there's usually things like, you know, blacksmiths and, and, you know, all these things that don't really exist um, commonly today. And it just kind of got in my head. I'm like, I wonder if I can learn that somewhere. And then I went and looked up, I'm like, oh, I can wait, let's go do it. And it was fantastic. Although I, I may have uh, at one class, uh, hit my finger a little bit with the hammer. So yeah, that, that part was a little bit tough, but we, it healed. That's when you learn, maybe this isn't for me. This is not going to be an occupation. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, with that being said, you're, you're passionate um, about obviously unlocking this innovation and in creative potential in others. Like, what is it about that, that you do? How do you do it and why? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fantastic question. Um, and it, it, it took me a long time to kind of get to this. Right. Um, so, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll show the why first. Cause I think that's, that's for me was, it's just such an epiphany. I've always been an innovative and kind of creative type person. Um, especially in the workplace, you know, looking for new ideas. How can we get better? How can we improve? How can we pull together, um, any way that we can, we can like save time, be efficient, improve customer service. Um, and I've always been lucky to have had, had jobs and, and, and I'm very grateful to the, the, the bosses and coworkers and environments I've been able to work in that have encouraged that type of, of practice. And although that's always come naturally to me, I know some folks that, that that's tough, right? Um, especially when you're put into a role or into a place where maybe you haven't had that encouragement, or maybe you've tried and you've gotten your hand smacked for, you know, trying something and, and not being successful or trying something without asking permission. Right. Um, and about eight, eight years ago, uh, I found uh, design thinking, right, which is this, this process, this methodology used really to, to do something called human centered design. And there's this whole process step and methodology of, of using empathy and defining your problem statement and ideating and prototyping. And at this time, right, lean startup methodology was becoming a new thing where you're trying to rapidly test things and disprove what you think is right. And um, in, in my current job, I had kind of wound up in a place where the environment I was in, and I should share, I've always worked in kind of operational type roles, which operations is a spot, which is generally not. They have a little tougher time innovating, I think, uh, than other spots because they're the ones making the rules and the processes and painting where the borders are supposed to be. Um, and I was allowed to bring design thinking into this group. And when I watched and I, I saw folks that really just started, their ideas started blossoming out and this creative application and, and they're utilizing insights to, to solve problems in a new type way and form, it just... I don't know, something just gripped me inside. I'm like, oh my gosh, this feels so good. This is fantastic, right? Yeah. Um, and I had also just started taking improvisation as well. And I was bringing improvisation exercises into work. And yes, I was that guy, uh, <laughs> which not everyone I think loved every part of that, but <laughs> right. it's still, right? It was, it was like kind of, it was pushing people outside of their comfort zone and it was utilizing right tools and methods and environment to kind of just help people get out of their own way. And and I think, right, that was sort of the point where I found, um, or I, I really kind of had the belief 
formed and solidified and galvanized that I think every single person is innovative, is creative, has, you know, a capacity that's potentially untapped and with the right environment, the right tools and the right method, um, there's just endless possibilities to what can, can be done. Mm-hmm. So fast forward uh, a few more years and, and a couple more jobs. And uh, I decided to get into this method called Lego serious play. And, and yes, it is with Legos. Uh, there's, and this method was really built for and kind of by Lego back in the mid to late nineties. And it's, it's this, this thing that you can get certified in. And, and I had read a couple books and I went and got certified and I fell in love. I f- immediately knew that I had to do something with this. And, you know, every job I've had, I've, I've constantly not only been a, a participant in, but a facilitator of various meetings, events, brainstorms, strategy sessions, where a lot of times the dynamics of the group don't allow for the best information, the best insights, the best ideas to get forth, or at least all of the insights and all of the ideas. And it's everything from the extrovert, introvert, you know, imbalance that just exists in all groups to power imbalances to uh, the speed at which things move. And I decided that at that point, like I need to start a business around this. And so I did. And that's what I'm doing now is I'm using Lego bricks to help people really pull out their insights, right? Their knowledge, their ideas, and, and to help help their companies and their organizations move forward in a better and more efficient way. That is so cool. It's just instantly thinking of, you know, sitting down as an adult with this handful of Legos and instantly your mind goes into this child, right? Mindset. And you're like, Oh, let's play. And then of course, as a child, you're creative because you don't have those things that stop you from thinking outside the box. Right. Oh my, absolutely. I I can't tell you the amount of business articles I've read and, and even right methods and approaches that talk about thinking like a child, right? Putting on your beginner's mind, asking mm-hmm. the five whys, which is basically like what a five-year-old does, right? Why? Right. Why is the sky blue? Well, you know, why is this? Why? 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 Right. Keep digging deeper. And yeah, that, that playfulness does. And I, I do think that's a huge part of it. There's a lot of other psychology going on in the method. Yeah. But part of that is true. I can tell you myself, every time I start, you know, building something out of Legos to, to create a story, it, you just kind of go into this different space that. Yeah, that's out. awesome. Yeah. Well, I can hear your energy and your positivity. Um, but through all of this, have you ever experienced like a, a real big challenge that you've had to overcome? Oh, I, mean, I feel like constantly there's always <laughs> challenges. Um, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, right off the bat, I mean, it, the pandemic was was one in, in and of sure. itself because yeah. although elements of this can be used virtually this really needs to be in person and mm-hmm. and you know you can do some basic things there are some things that can be done virtually so, so i'm not going to say it's 100 percent, but a lot of this makes sense when you're together and I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm now in this, this space where I'm, I'm kind of going, you know, counter to what a lot of companies are, are talking about doing, which is this virtual model uh, or hybrid model. And I'm countering on that saying, you know, you're still going to be together at a certain time. It may be less, right? Maybe it's once a quarter, maybe it's a couple times a year, uh, but that time really needs to count. And the right. things that, that the virtual world is challenged with, right? Connection, innovation, yeah. collaboration, these things that 
right, are okay with a one-on-one, but when you really need to get a group together to challenge, you know, solve a challenging topic or really connect and get to know one another, um, that's where I'm, I'm kind of putting my, uh, I'm putting my pieces, if you will, uh, yeah. pardon the pun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. But yeah, I mean, and, and also, you know, selling it, it, it is a, is it, it is, it's conceptually easy to get virtually, but it, it, what I've found is I need to meet people in person to really, yeah. really get it. Um, because once you put your hands on some pieces and you start getting a feeling for what it's like, there's a click that just happens and folks kind of go, I see this now. I, I really see the potential in how this can unlock things. Yeah. So if you're meeting somebody virtually, do you say, you know, send them their Lego pack or, you know, go out and buy this. So, you know, I can give you a hands-on virtually. Yeah. You know, I, mostly or that might be your virtual. next business. Right. Right. Exactly. Uh, I think mostly in the in the virtual realm, um, I've done a couple of events where it's you know we will send out and mail out some some packages, um, because you know you can you can still do this virtually. You can build your individual model and you can hold it up to your camera and you can share it. And so it does the model still works a little yeah. bit because you know part of the reason why it works is is the process itself is there's, there's generally a question that every single person uh, builds to. So I'll give you an example. I just did a, a, a team building event on Monday and um, this group had never been together before. And this, this is something that could have been done virtually, um, although it was much better in person. Uh, but the question that they all built was build a model that, that tells a story about yourself outside of work. And so every single person would take a few moments, right? Probably four minutes to build a model out of some Lego bricks. And then every single person would take a couple minutes to share. And like, that's sort of the, the, the way this works, uh, at least on an individual model basis. So virtually that'll work because people can hold up their model and show right what they've built and what it means. Um, but what they can't do, what, what's better in person is then building team models where you start building things together, right? When you start yeah. looking at what is the culture of our team? What is the cultural identity of our, of our team, of our organization? Um, and starting to build landscapes. Like if you have the identity of your organization in the middle of the table that you all just built, and then you start building the agents outside of it, what are all the things that can impact us, either positive or negative throughout the year? And yeah. starting to do scenario play on top of that. So there's many layers of depth that you can get into yeah. um, that you unfortunately can't do virtually. True, true. Yeah. So do you prefer to, um, to meet with companies that are, established, but then need some guidance or new businesses that just start up um, to help them like kind of like set the tone before they go into, um, you know, some big challenges. Yeah. Yeah. So I find that the newer businesses are, are easier. They're, they're generally more open and more excited. Um, and, and one of my specific uh, companies that I, I try to work with is is startups. Um, they're mm -hmm. new. They're generally excited because they're also bringing something new into the world, right? So they're challenged as well to to teach their you know, potential customers and clients about this new thing that they have. So there's almost a, a, a synergy because I'm bringing this new, at least to them, methodology that they're like, wait, we're going to play with Legos, and yeah. that's sort of welcome. In then there are certain industries that that's that's more welcome in, right? The startup sure. world. It's very, uh, very, you know, exciting. Also in, you know, in, uh, I found marketing agencies as well too, just that a different creative type of approach to solve problems. Mm -hmm. um, I do find uh, also companies that are very 
human-centered. Um, and by human-centered, maybe you'll say employee-centered, right? They're really trying mm -hmm. to unlock potential in their teams. They're trying to get the best out of them and, and basically get out of their way, right? How do I empower our teams to do the best? So I look a lot for companies that are in those top places to work for because um, they generally are very attracted to what I do. And yeah, there are, are definitely some companies that they're, they're not the right target, right, for this, the, the command and control, right, where the leadership has all the answers. Right. That's not unfortunately where, where my, my product is going to, going to swim very well. Yeah. yeah. What, um, what are like one to three tips that you would share with these new startup companies? Oh, wow. That's, that's a great question. I think one, um, really defining your identity. Mm. And when I say identity, uh, you know, like who, who are you? Right. And I think there, there are a lot of, lot of uh, pieces to that, right. You can get into to mission, you can get into vision. Um, but all of that comes down to two, like, how do you act day in and day out? How do you work with your customers? How do you work with your employees and really cementing what are those most important things that are just foundational? Um, I, I believe in the, in the startup world, the, the term first principles is used quite often as well, where it's like, no matter what, at the end of the day, like we're here to do right and we we believe in treating people amazingly well and we believe like what are those core things and then identifying them and then checking back with them often i think that would probably be number two right don't just write them and put a poster on the wall <laughs> mm -hmm. talk about it right talk about it and and consistently every single decision that you make should be reflected in those uh in the in those lenses and through those lenses and I think that's where, you know, especially if you're, you're high growth, it's, I can see how hard because you're probably moving so fast and you're building, um, but especially any major decision looking at that. Um, so I think that would be what, one and two. two. I think mm -hmm. I still owe you a one more. as well too. Um, <laughs> I would say introduce a level of play into mm -hmm. the environment. Uh, and there's something about play. There's a, a wonderful book that I recommend, uh, Dr. Stuart Brown. It's called Play. Uh, nice and succinct title mm -hmm. and the benefits and everything we get from play is it, it, it's so beneficial yet we turn it off as adults and you know I don't make every meeting play don't make every interaction play but get some play in there have a good time because play allows us to do so many things it allows us to connect as individuals it allows us to build deeper relationships faster it allows us to uh, create and try things and experiment and fail. And, and I think, you know, there was a, a great quote, uh, I believe it was Plato that says, you can learn more from a person in an hour of play than a lifetime of conversation. And I love that. I absolutely love that. There is, there's just, there's something so pure and so wonderful about that, um, that I think play should at, at a minimum be brought in even just intentionally on a, on a weekly or monthly or some type of basis. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. Thank you for that. Um, you know, I read about how um, communication play is, it's such a, a strong success, you know, with helping others. What, what does that, um, why is that communication role so important to you? I, everything is on top of it. Everything is it, like communication is like a foundation. Mm -hmm. You think of it, right? If you build a building, a business, a, a relationship, yeah. uh, anything, it has to have a foundation of communication and to have the, the pieces that can really pull together fantastic communication is really going to determine 
whether that that relationship, that business, that whatever it is that's built on top of it succeeds or fails. Yeah. And and so as a cornerstone, and I think that no one would look at that converse that statement and go, I completely disagree, right? I think everyone would could agree to that to a certain extent. But how much time do we really spend thinking about, well, okay, what does that mean when it comes to communication? And so if you would have asked me two, three years ago, right, when I was working in, in my full-time role, when I w- what I would have thought of communications in a corporate environment, an organizational environment, and it would have been like, oh, well, that's the person who puts together the newsletter, right? And like, that's where my head would have gone. Not necessarily how, how do we talk to one another? Is there trust, right, when we're talking to one another, which reflects psychological safety in an organization? What type of language is used, right? How does that reflect hierarchy and you know cross-departmental roles it's such an amazingly important thing but it's also extremely difficult to like tackle as a, as a role or as a thing and so you know culture and purpose and all of these things play such a huge role into it it, it reminded me a lot of uh i'm going back to the statement i just said where it's like if you would ask me a few years ago mm-hmm. but i remember i was i was running uh program management for an organization and we would constantly have these meetings where, uh, and, and this just kind of came up as an example, where there, there was a lot of use of the royal we. Uh, you know what I mean when I'm saying the royal we? We need to do X, oh, yes. which is, right? The exact reason where I, basically someone's saying, someone else needs to do this. <laughs> I'd like to tell you what to do. I'm just going to throw it out there with this royal we. Um, we had a, a new leader came in who finally was like, next. It, it took, uh, it was a, really hard to get people to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but that in, in and of itself was such a, a, a sign of kind of poisonous communication, right? In that specific instance. Um, so I, I don't know, I kind of use that as an example. And there's, there's, there's just so many pieces and dynamics to it, but it should be looked at as a sign of health in an organization for sure. Yeah. Wow. You are a wealth of information. That's for sure. I love it. Um, so you specialize in so many areas, which one is your ultimate favorite that you just love and why? I think a combination of, I think strategy, I I, I love strategy and, and, and that ties a lot into, you know, I'm also very much a futurist type person looking like, you know, casting that rod out, where do, where do we want to be two years, five years, and then pulling those pieces together? How do we get there? What is that path? How do we create that? Which I think is why I'm really drawn to what I do with this Lego process. Cause even though I'm not building the company's strategy per se, the people in a workshop I'm driving will do that, but I get to make a strategy that gets that group from A to B and puts them through right a series of questions and challenges and gets to make the environment so that when they get to the end, they have the best information, right? They've given up the, the best answers and they have exactly what they need to move forward. And I like that. Like I like defining that path and figuring out like what is the right way, what is the most efficient way to yeah. get from A to B. I find that very enjoyable. That's really cool. I I think of um, collaboration, obviously, how you bring this gift of collaboration to these businesses, because yeah, everybody, oh, this manager is in control of this and this department and what, and you bring all those pieces together to help them think outside the box and be creative. And I, I just love that um, about using, 
using the Legos and the different methodologies that you use. Um, so if if there's someone that's like, yeah, this sounds great, but you know, I don't know that just, this is too hard. I don't want to, I don't know if I can do it. What do you say to the pessimist? Oh, the pessimist. Oh my, (laughs) oh my. Um, I, you know, Honestly, I'd say you'd have to try it. I'd say sit down with me for 10 minutes and we'll put a pile of Legos out <laughs> and let's talk about something that you're working on. Yeah. And 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 this is this is my favorite demonstration. This is actually is my my biggest demonstration when I meet people in person is I will bring a small bag of Legos and pour them on the table and we'll talk about either a business challenge or personal challenge. It works both ways. Mm-hmm. And and it, and it always works. And the reason why is the Legos are just a vehicle right? Mm-hmm. That's all they are. And, and really at the end of the day, we're not built, you know, everything that's built looks like something a five-year-old can make. In fact, it looks worse than something a five-year-old would make because it makes no sense, right? You're building models using metaphor. And if you yeah. don't know what the pieces mean from an external view, it, eh, it looks like nothing. But I've done this with, with people looking to enter new career uh, mm. phases. I've done this with, you know, people looking at a really complex problem in an organization and what happens is when you build out, what I'll do is I'll ask them, like, walk me through your problem and I'll build out their problem with Legos in front of them. And 80% of the time, they'll see something they don't like as I'm building it. And I'll ask for questions for clarification as I'm building. And, but eventually they'll start taking the Legos and take over and they'll start building it themselves. They're like, That's hold on, awesome. no, I think it should be like this. I think it should be like that. Because so many, a couple of things are happening. One, as I'm building, I'm, I'm easily, and this is part of, I think, just my background and my skill set with this, mm-hmm. but I'm able to pinpoint, like, these are the main things that they're saying, right? These are the main pieces. And so the emotion and a lot of the, and this, but that, and those, all that stuff, that's, it, it's part of the story for them. It doesn't necessarily need to get built into the model. Usually, right, there's, there's an issue, there's a person who has the issue, there's like a leadership view to it, and there's an output that needs to happen, and maybe another variable. There, there's usually not more than five or six things that need to get built into these models. Yeah, And then once they're built, they're generally so simplified and reduced because the way we think about challenges in our mind, whether they're their work or personal or anything is right. We're always playing these what if games. And, and that's the way, like one of the things why we're, you know, we're so different than other animals. We're able to kind of future cast in our head. We can, we can pretend we can visualize and say, oh, well, if I do this, this will happen. Or if I do this, this will happen. And, but sometimes that confounds the problem and we kind of get into a cycle and we overcomplicate things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's, that's why I bring up the, the idea of making models for, you know, people looking to enter new work areas. Cause generally I, I just did this with a, uh, a gal I met recently who's, um, you know, getting up later in her career and she wants to travel some, but she wants to keep part of her career. And so we just kind of built out the components that she loved about her job, um, that she wanted to keep. And she even kind of looked at it and went, okay, I'm not going to be able to find all of this in a part time. So I just need to prioritize one or two of these. And it was kind of like, boom, but, but building it and making it and seeing it in this physical form allows you to kind of just see your problem from a very fresh perspective, but a very simplified one. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's the long answer to what wow. I would say to the pessimist. But the curiosity, you know, of just seeing how a situation, a thought can be transposed through these yeah. Legos is just fascinating to me. Well, and, and there's a couple things happening there too, outside of just the, the simplification and reduction and the simplification and reduction of the amount of variables and words. There also becomes a power of anchoring. So I can just take any piece and I can make it mean whatever I want, right? That's part yeah. of the magic of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I can rearrange it. Like I have these physical pieces. I can just move them. 
and the physical relationship in in you know in the real world it doesn't really have any bearing right there's no cost to playing with that right but suddenly when you do that it forces your brain to look at things in a different manner so it's actually helping you look at the problem from different angles yeah and you're like well okay well i wonder if i did it this way or if i you know, just simplified it down to these five or six pieces, but I cut it in half and I put these six over these two or right. It gives you this way to just see everything in a much clearer, simpler way. And which is again, on a one-on-one makes a lot of sense, but it also really reflects the power in a group. Because again, as a group, suddenly you're all talking about whatever challenges at hand and you get everyone's perspective in a much clearer, much more succinct way. And everyone's yeah. voice gets heard at the table and yeah. suddenly you're like, oh, okay, now we can move forward. And then maybe one of the coolest parts about it is when you walk away from one of these, because you've built everything and the team has built everything together, there's this level of buy-in that is amazing. Uh, it's because like you've built this thing, you've literally built it. I, I don't know if you've heard of, uh, I'm not sure if this is scientific or just a, a kind of an idea, but something called the Ikea effect. Mm. Where when you build something, you you add extra value to it. So people who buy an Ikea dresser for $100 suddenly believe after they've built it, it's now worth $150 because they've put their time and effort into building this <laughs> right. dresser, even though it's a $100 dresser. Right. Um, but this also really rings true with these models, right? You kind sure. of you create this buy-in because you put your effort into it. So not only does that make sense from an individual standpoint when you're sharing your ideas, when you're sharing your you know uh, uh, insights, your thoughts, but also when you build things together, uh, one of my favorite stories is we had a workshop that was around leadership development with this group. And they were a, a group of high potential managers that were going to be doing this leadership project. And we happened to be doing, doing the workshop in a restaurant. And after the workshop, there was a happy hour and the senior leaders came in and they were going to have a couple beers. And, and you know, we had, I was the finishing thing of that day. I was the back half of that day. It was just a half day workshop. And the very first thing, this group did was they went and grabbed their senior leaders and pulled them into the room and said, look at the Lego models we built. Um, right. And again, it wasn't the model, but it was all of the stuff that went into it and all of the exercises of what they stood for, what they believed in, how they were going to work together over the next, you know, six to eight months during this major project they were working on, but they were so proud of it. They couldn't wait to show it to their leaders. And like, that was just a massive light bulb of like, Yes, right. Like we built this together. So there's this level of pride and buy-in that goes in there too. Yeah. Well, you know, I was going to ask this question about comparison, but as I'm listening to you, it sounds like that is eliminated from that process because there's the buy-in of um, the collaboration, the teamwork. And so you're no longer comparing his Legos are better than mine or his building. So you probably see less than a comparison. Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think there's, there's two ways to look at that. I think mm-hmm. one, there's the comparing of ideas. I think mm-hmm. that completely goes away because the, the, the format in which every single person has to build their model, um, you build your opinion first, you build your idea before anyone talks, right? So you don't get that group think where the first person throws in an idea and then everyone just ratifies it because it's the first idea. And, you know, I don't want to be the person to say no. Mm-hmm. Instead, you get all the ideas to the table and suddenly you can take the best of the best. However, there's a little bit, I think there's, a, there's still a little touch of the Lego competition because there are <laughs> some people that are really creative and really, yeah. you know, they make really interesting, amazing thought provoking uh, models. I, I just did one the other day 
that uh, that kind of blew my mind a little bit. I do a demo that there's these little six pieces that that come together, and I ask people to build a duck out of these pieces. And I didn't make this. This was actually part of the the Lego Serious Play uh, mm. program when they first rolled it out. And you ask everyone to build a duck, and there's you know there's six thousand combinations of duck, and everyone builds a different duck. It's all about you know we have nuanced perspectives, but then you build a duck out of metaphor. And you have that duck create a story about something, right? Just what we were talking about before. Well, I was doing this as a demo for a group and we were doing a couple layers and I experimented a little bit with this and I had a group that was really comfortable with one another. So I tried an experiment. I said, well, I want you to build a duck that tells a story about what's holding you back from what's holding you back. It was something kind of like that. And mm -hmm. it was, again, a smaller group, but no one, it was mostly strangers. These people didn't necessarily know each other. And one person built a a little duck and they put a piece in the middle of their duck. It's hard to explain on a podcast. Yeah. But they put, they said like, this represents my anxiety and my goals are on the other side of it. Mm. And the way that she built the model, every person in the room was just like, oh my gosh, like, wow, that is so powerful. Yeah. And, but that happens constantly with this process. And some people are very good at just making these amazing statements using these Lego models. That's so, um, cool. so there's a, there's a little competition sometimes I think where people want to have the deep insight. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, the competition of ideas doesn't necessarily, I think that goes away. That is amazing. I love this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so what, so what's a legacy through all this that you want to leave behind? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I guess I haven't really thought that much about, about mm. that. I'm, I'm more just looking forward um, and trying to create, I think, I think I guess the legacy that that I don't know I would like to leave with this is just having people be more confident, mm. more open, more able to see not only what they have to offer but what others have to offer, you know, and I think yeah. you know we're always kind of in this constant competition and like you said viewing each other from these angles and just realizing every single person has just a wealth of experience and knowledge and information in some area or another. And the more we can see that in each other, the more that we can utilize that and like learn yeah. from each other and grow together. And I think it just makes life more enjoyable and more, more fruitful. Absolutely. And have fun in the process. I, I don't want to leave that part out. That's massively important. I want to have as much fun as I can have. I, when I do these workshops, Mary, I laugh, I have a great time. <laughs> Um, and I, and I, I walk away extremely happy every single time as do, as do my clients and stakeholders. I'm fairly mm -hmm. certain. So that's <laughs> they awesome. say so at least. <laughs> well, you're obviously a very positive person. Um, so how is it that you stay positive all the time? I mean, do you have, what is it, what's your routine? What's, what's your yeah. secret sauce? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I do, I'm very, very thankful. I think I'm lucky. I, I just, I always had a positive mindset. Part of that is, is I'm not sure if it's biological or exactly. I know I've, I've read, I've taken some classes in the science of happiness and, uh, and I've also taken heed to other things I've learned there. I think doing, you know, occasional meditation, um, mm -hmm. you know, taking care of yourself and, and not in a selfish way, but making sure that I always make sure I get enough sleep, I eat well, I exercise. Um, I love walking. I am currently trying to do uh, 15,000 steps a day because I feel nice. like, you know, getting out in nature and being able to, to just look at trees and, and things with, you know, kind of that beginner's mind again, and just being yeah. grateful and appreciative for what you have. 
And that's not to say I don't have right those days where I'm just like, uh-huh. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to you know, get up today. I just want to lay in bed and be lazy. And um, but I think it's it's having it's having a view and understanding those things that are most important and and really putting those front and center. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, checking back on those and then and then people, you know, relationships, friends, family, yeah. um, new people that you meet, you know, just trying to understand and meet and enjoy other people and help them as well too. Um, you know, helping others is always a, uh, a huge boost. Uh, anytime yeah. you can give someone else a hand to, you know, help them in whatever their endeavor might be, uh, is always something I'm, I'm trying to focus on as well too. Well, I appreciate that because that's really what this podcast is all about is just really people sharing their stories to help other people along their journey. I mean, that's yeah. it in a nutshell. And, um, I just love your positive energy. Um, do you have any other, quotes or tips or anything that you want to share with the audience before you share how to reach pages of quotes um (laughs) you know i there's actually the one thing there is one thing there's there's a word that has been bubbling around in my head recently and uh it's it's grass stains and i can't remember if i was reading a book or where it came from Uh, it might have been a podcast but like it, it, I recalled that time where you, you got out and you, you, as a kid, you tumbled, you slid in the grass and you got grass stains. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, to me, that's like going out and just trying stuff, get out, do things, expand your horizon, get out of your comfort zone. Um, it's something that I don't know that it comes naturally to any of us, but I know for me, I have to constantly every once in a while, look back and go, okay, I've been like kind of in my comfort zone. I need to go do something new again, go try something different. Um, cause I think it makes life so much more, uh, rich and, and yeah. just wonderful. Go take a blacksmithing class uh, or you know, <laughs> right? make a saddle or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. I love it. Go get yeah. some grass stains on your jeans. Exactly. Well, bit. thank you so much, Brandon. It's just a wealth of information today for our audience. I so appreciate you being here. Thank um, you. so how can our audience best connect with you? Best connect. I mean, really, you know, my follow me, find me on LinkedIn, uh, you know, Brandon Wettstein, I'm guessing it'll be spelled on the podcast. And uh, also my website, um, it's innate create that's I N and the number eight create.com are the best ways to find me. I'm also on Instagram as innate create. I promise I'm going to start posting photos more regularly. I have Legos. It shouldn't be that hard, right? So I'll I'll get on that. That's my promise to the, to the group. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you again so much. I really appreciate you being here today. Thanks for having me, Mary. This has been wonderful. You're welcome. I hope this episode taught, inspired, encouraged, or gave you hope along your starting over journey. Subscribe today to stay connected and make a difference by sharing this episode with someone who needs to hear this message. And don't forget to contact book coach Brenda E. Cortez at brenda at howlyowl.com to make your writing dreams come true. And if you're questioning your faith, feeling stuck, and looking for guidance and support along your starting over journey, contact me at mary at maryamarkham.com. And remember, be kind, be you, live, laugh, and love. Until next time.